Okay, welcome along to the Make It Count podcast. Hi guys. I'm David. I'm Matt. We thought we haven't introduced each other for a while, or ourselves. Yeah, um, this is David. Hi. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> Introduce me. <laughs> oh yeah, hi, That that's Matt. Thank you. Anyway, hopefully you can tell the difference between our wonderful Dorset tones. Uh, Dorset tones? Dorset tones. Uh, I don't know how to speak with a Dorset accent. No, yeah, try harder. Dorset anyway, tones. Dorset tones, that's the one. Anyway, <laughs> shame. <laughs> As we go flying off into the beginning of this podcast, Matt, what do you think it would life look like to live a hundred years ago? In the UK. In the UK. Oh, good question. I suppose it tests my... Um, my history a little bit maybe I suppose <laughs> in the 20s sort of yeah. the 1920s post World War One, mm-hmm. probably quite a lot of in economic impact from that I think probably moving into the depression years mm-hmm. sometime around then maybe that was 30s mm-hmm. not great time actually in that regard probably quite hard yeah quite hard what do you think the home looked like <laughs> cold cold <laughs> i do i think so i think cold i mean yeah. i remember our dad was talking about growing up and his house was cold and it just had one room with a fire that was where the heating was it was mm-hmm. um so yeah cold no digital electronics nothing no tv maybe a radio i don't know maybe one family radio yeah if you're a rich potentially probably. Maybe. Yeah, uh, potentially a few books if you're again if you're fairly well to do. Mm. I remember listening to somebody talk about many of the inventions of the last century mm. and saying, especially the ones at home, were and you think about them, everything would have been washed by hand, mm. from clothes to the dishes to the to oh the yeah, furniture. of course. Everything was a, all the white goods. You'd spend all day bashing rugs out, you know, and and keeping things relatively clean and tidy. And so many of the inventions mm. that have happened, especially at home, has been about making it a bit easier, a bit more convenient, and saving time. Yeah. The irony, a little bit, is that with all that saved time of having a washing machine, people don't feel like they have any more time now than they did. <laughs> A hundred years ago. Yeah. So that's interesting. Why did I start with that question? Well, today we're kind of trying to marry three subjects together, or three big topics of comfort, convenience, and making it count. And what does that look like now? Because mm. actually, prob- I think it's probably fair to say that in the last 100, 150 years, so many of the inventions have happened to make life a bit more comfortable, a bit more convenient. And yeah. maybe there's a cost to that, and maybe that is related to make it count. Yeah, doing making machines to do the jobs that we don't want to do, basically, because they take a long time. That's really fascinating. I I wonder. <laughs> I there's definitely something I. There's some real research that's come out that basically says we do have more leisure time than 50 years ago, probably even more than 100 years ago. That is time when we are not working for our um, living or to make the house maintain, but people feel more stressed and mm. less like they have less time. Uh, and I wonder if probably b- the reason for that is a lot of our then spare time has been eaten up with activities that don't truly rest us. Hmm. 
Um, but that's a slightly different conversation. Mm. Yeah, that maybe is a slightly different conversation. So what do you think of when you think of comfort, Matt? Uh, <laughs> to start with the same kind of the same thing when you first ask the question, I think temperature, warm, warm is comfortable, except for, you know, like not when we're in the, the tropics on the ship, hot and sticky is not comfortable, but like warm when it's cold outside is comfortable. Ah, see, for, com- for me, I, I think comfortable, soft, that's what comes to my mind, soft yeah, things, I th- like beds and cushions. I think it goes together, whatever. yeah. It's interesting you say that because I was preparing for this podcast and I was thinking, you know, what what are general thoughts I have on comfort and convenience? Mm. And I was remembering, uh, I think it was April 2018. You'll remember that. And uh, (laughs) April 2018. Yeah. And um, I think we were in Mexico with the Logos Hope and uh, we were involved in the maintenance of the ship for an intentional period of four, eventually five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Planned four, became five. And during that time of extra manual work, longer hours, they turned off the air conditioning. Yeah, we had to do that. And it was very hot and very sticky and very uncomfortable. And <laughs> what what I realised is it would have been nice to have a bit of comfort there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if we could have had the AC, that would have been great. You yeah, know, because we remember, and I have a very strong memory of this, we, our cabins were quite deep into the heart of the ship, and there was not very much airflow there. And at night, you would just lay there on top of your duvet that you tucked in, so it's just an extra like mattress, really. You'd be splayed as wide as you could on Star this fishing. narrow bed. And... Yeah. You'd just be constantly sweating. It yes. was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. And so, <laughs> I think as we're marrying these subjects, one thing is, actually, we don't always want to be uncomfortable. Or we, maybe there were times not to be uncomfortable, actually, because yeah. that impacted a lot of things. That impacted everybody's sleep. It impacted probably a lot of people's quality of work as well. For sure. Yeah, so I suppose what you're hinting at there is, you know, we're doing this episode on comfort, convenience and making it count. And what people might think when they first tune in is, oh, they're just going to say, you know, comfort and convenience are terrible. It's all, you should all be uncomfortable all the time and things should not be convenient and therefore you can make it count. Well, we'll see. But comfort and convenience in and of themselves are not bad things. Mm. And that's kind of what I was yeah, trying to hint at, because actually to be uncomfortable and inconvenienced all the time, that sounds like a pretty helpless life. <laughs> it, it's... If you were doing that for the sake of it, that would be very, yeah, I don't know what that would be. Would it be foolish? It would be strange Mm. if that was the sake. Like, And if through being uncomfortable and through being inconvenienced, I'm making it count. And I do wonder if there are some people out there at the moment that have have maybe gone a bit too far to the other way, you know, they said, oh, so many people are just seeking comfort and convenience. You know, we're going to do the thing that is uncomfortable and inconvenient. And it's like, well, that seems a bit spiting yourself, really. Yeah, and like, sure. like you, we talked about at the beginning, what was life like 100 years ago? And, well, very different. The goal is not to go back there, though. Mm. <laughs> you know, where you have to hand wash all your washing and, you know, really do all this extra manual labour. I don't think that is at all what we're saying. No. I, I'm just wondering, I'm going to add a new concept into the mix here. Oh, so when risky. I think of the term con, 
comfortable or comfort. Mm. Uh, obviously, I said at the beginning, warm. You said things that are soft and fluffy or whatever. I suppose in the context of you're in a sweltering heat in Mexico and 35 degrees <laughs> Celsius, you're going, what would be great there is cool and some airflow. Uh, but I think a, a concept that goes along with comfort is safety. Hmm. So where I uh, a comfort place or a comfort space is a somewhere where I feel safe. And that's very much a good thing. And I think everybody needs a place of safety where you can retreat to in order to just be able to maintain a, a good well-being and then also in order to grow in that space. Uh, so you can be in a group of people that maybe is a comfort group because I can, I can be me, I, can, I feel safe here. If you're constantly uncomfortable, that might, you know, you're actually, you're on edge, your senses are, are alert and you're probably carrying a tension in you that a long-term stress will wear you down and not enable you to maybe flourish and grow in the ways that you can mm. if you have a comfort space, a safe space in whatever different ways that is. Mm. And that's perfect. We didn't plan this, but that was something that I'd actually thought about as we were writing is, and it's that idea if you have this middle circle, which is the, the safe zone, I'm comfortable. And if you go way outside that circle, that's uncomfortable, that's risk, that's danger. But there is a place between it, which Vygotsky basically said was the zone of optimal, the uh, proximal development. Proximal development, that's it. The ZPD. Zone of, zone of proximal development. And that's the place you want to be. Now, if you're always uncomfortable mm. and inconvenienced and is, is high risk and high danger, that's actually a highly tense place. It can be quite a dangerous place, very unsettling and very confidence knocking. But if you're always in the safe zone, what's going to happen? You're not stretching, you're not Nothing. growing. You can't make it count. And I think <clears throat> that's kind of what I'm saying is that probably much of our culture, our experience is a drive for convenience and for comfort. Mm. And it's not that those are, are wrong, but actually the word I would maybe say is they're overpowered. Okay. And or overemphasized. Overemphasized, but maybe, yeah, overemphasized, overpowered. They're too strong a value. Right. And the cost is that nobody grows. And yeah. the goal is to be as comfortable as possible. And I sort of think of that picture in, in Wally. Is it Wally? Yeah. And they're, oh, yeah. they're in the spaceship. And they're all just in their armchairs and they're all big and they, they can't have, actually do anything they themselves can't do anything. without their floating things and this, the robots to serve them. Because they're so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, yeah. I suppose it goes back to some of the discussions we've had before of so no matter what you do, every decision you make does make an effect on your being. You, you slightly change a little bit. And so if if being in that comfort space, well, I don't know if this is a true point, but being in that comfort space always, it will change who you are. And in a sense, you will become like the things you're in. You will become sort of soft and uh, and you won't be able to take hard things in your life. You'll be incapable of dealing with things when they come. And so that's not a good thing either, because you might be able to, as much as possible, control your environment and everything to keep that keep that comfort but there will be stuff that comes in that will affect you from outside and if you are not trained if you're if you've never opened yourself to a little bit of discomfort a little bit of in inconvenience inconvenience then you won't be able to deal with it when someone interrupts your day uh, when 
suddenly you, your heating's broken for a couple of days and it will completely ruin those days rather than just going, okay, we can deal with this, we can figure it out. And, and you've, you've hinted there at the emotional response to various things because, and I think that is important, if there is an underlying promise that you should be comfortable and you should never be inconvenienced, mm. what happens when there is? Well, probably what we see a lot of, explosive emotion. Yes. How dare... Whatever. You, you know, whatever it was, you know. And and that, that's almost like a belief that we've adopted. You've, you've trodden on a value. I shouldn't be uncomfortable. I shouldn't be inconvenienced. And and actually, yeah. if if we've adopted this so implicitly, mm. then it, that that's quite an interesting reflection, even. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's part of the, well, the word that might might be useful in this instance is it becomes an entitlement. Mm. I'm entitled to my comfort and my convenience, and woe betide anyone who would get in the way of that. Mm. So I mm. think there is a place for choosing times to get uncomfortable yeah. and to be inconvenienced. Can you think of a time, Matt, when you've chosen to be uncomfortable? Uh, I think people aren't going to be surprised when my first example here in this conversation would be relating to exercise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just, just yesterday, well, I injured my knee uh, the other week and I, I has influenced my exercise routine recently. But yesterday was the first time I got back into doing a little bit of stuff on the, the cross trainer and yeah, it didn't feel great, didn't feel particularly comfortable at the time, you know, hot and sweaty uh, and aching afterwards. My muscles ache a little bit today, but I know it's for my good. Uh, so that's something that clearly is anyone that does exercise, and, you know, you can go overboard and you can get maybe addicted to the, the high of the exercise, but anyone that does exercise knows Often at the time, it doesn't feel wonderfully comfortable. You can feel good in your body and also recognise there's a discomfort here. You know, there's an ache. Uh, how about you? Oh, I can think of a lot of times. I was just going through my head uh, at the moment and I was thinking maybe one, one more recent... No, it's not recent at all. It's 10 years ago. Uh, one not Re recent one at all recent in human actually, history <laughs> yeah yeah on a large scale of things was when i was 19 at, and at university and they were looking for someone to come and set up this badminton club mm. and i'd seen it i'd done lots of badminton growing up i really liked badminton and so i put a proposal together went along for the interview and then they gave it to me <laughs> and I went, uh-oh, <laughs> I've never run a club before. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. There's nobody coming along. I don't even know how to find anybody. What do you, you know, it, it was, I was so uncomfortable, but actually ended up being one of the biggest growth things of my university time. Yeah. More than what I studied in some ways to, to rally people around to build a, a badminton club that grew really big and they had teams competing after a year and all sorts there's oh. loads of fun i was fi figuring stuff out all the time yeah and i think that's kind of i could have stood there and gone actually i don't want to do this yeah M nobody would have ever known it wouldn't even be a story that i would remember probably yeah but actually i stepped into it 
and it was uncomfortable. And in fact, there were, it was the first uncomfortable thing of many other uncomfortable things that came along with it, as I, as I heard. I, what, do I, what am I doing right now? Yeah. But actually, it led to so much growth. And I probably can't even imagine how my life would have been different if I hadn't stepped into that. Because yeah. I think it, it is part of my story and how I perceive things and how I've stepped into future opportunities as well. I like that. When I was thinking about the preparation for this episode, the one particular literary story came to mind, The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. And I, if anyone's... Uh, I'm sure plenty of people have watched the films. They're all right. The book itself, fantastic. Well worth a read, sure. But there are, there are moments where you get... You know, Bilbo's out on the trail. He's on this adventure. These dwarves that he doesn't really know or like... and. He keeps one, you know. He keeps wishing back for his little hobbit hole, where he's got all of his conveniences and everything's nice and proper. And he keeps he's out there on, a, you know, it's cold, it's wet. He's having to face trolls and goblins, and he's like, "Why can I not just be back in my hole? That's all I want." But then, when he eventually the adventure's finished, he gets back and he's there, and he appreciates it all the more. But he himself has changed. The adventure has changed him. He's made of... he Well, he realised he's made of sterner stuff, but it also made him have to be a bit more tough. And and he sees the world a little bit differently. And I think for me, that was this brilliant... Oh, I love that because if we want to change, if we want to grow, if we want adventure... I think, you know, we watch a film like that or we read a book about adventure. And I think every... Most people, at least, I don't know, for you guys, for me, that something stirs when I think of adventure. But you also go, yeah, but a lot of adventures are sat in a tent out on the road when it's raining. You're like, it's, it's not all the fun bits, but you, you grow, you change, you get challenged. He wouldn't have done all that if he'd spent the whole time in his hobbit hole. They, he would have just had a story when the other guys came back mm-hmm. and he would have been exactly the same. And I suppose... The whole thing there is always the very nature of growing takes a level of stress and discomfort because we change. And it, yeah, if, if you want to change and you want to grow, which hopefully you do because that's why you're here listening to this, then we hope that you don't desire a life of complete convenience and complete comfort all mm. the time because I think that will stunt your ability to grow. Mm. Yeah, so I was, I, I, I don't know, The Hobbit, like Lord of the Rings, great stuff. I was actually just going to chuck this to you. The cost of too much comfort and convenience is? Stagnation. And? Uh, I can't <laughs> think of another word that sums it up. Can you do the and? Well, I was wondering if it's stagnation and soft. Yeah. You become soft. Not in a good way, necessarily. Interesting. I, as we've been talking, even I imagine I, I'm sure I've seen this somewhere. But that idea of someone that spends so much time in their armchair that the armchair is molded to them. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, oh, it's a bit of an interesting image. Is that what we're becoming? If we're so comfortable, we always sit in our favourite armchair that we become like our armchair. Yeah. And it only fits to us. So. How do you connect comfort and convenience to making it count? It's a good question. 
I think, as we've alluded to or even mentioned a couple of times, in and of itself, they're not bad things. But it's what we then choose to do, so for the convenience side of it, where there's many things in our life that make our lives more convenient, be it the stuff that you've got in the, the kitchen and the household things that I don't have to spend hours washing the dishes myself or washing the clothes myself, um, be it even central heating and all those things of convenience. What am I then doing with that time that that convenience has bought me? I think that's a very key question. With, with the comfort, okay, yeah, it's good to have areas or maybe a safe space, you know, even the home. The home can be a comfort, safe space. But am I arranging my entire existence, my entire world, such that it's all pointed towards my comfort? If it is, that's a very me-centred worldview and a me-centred life. And that's quite a small centre. Mm-hmm. And I think what will end up happening is my world will shrink to me, the boundary of me. And that's, I think that's a sad thing. Uh, So what does that mean? I think it means, as you said earlier, we want to get into that zone of proximal development. We want to figure out what are some things that are perhaps hard things, not impossible things for me, but hard, you know? So for example, with exercise, I can do some pull-ups. But if you were to tell me, put on a 50 kg jacket and do 20 pull-ups in one go I wouldn't be able to do that it would no. probably just injure my all my shoulders and joints and everything and that would be a terrible idea so what are some small steps to get out of that comfort zone to go how can I train myself to get used to maybe a little bit of discomfort a little bit of maybe an interruption because when that comes from external at some point which it will you know we always say, oh, this is the worst time for the internet go down, or this is the worst time for a traffic jam. Why? Because it's affecting me, <laughs> you know? So it's going to happen at some point. Mm. How can I be prepared for that when it does happen? Mm. I read something recently it's on the practice of slowing down. We live in a fast-paced world. Everything's about speeding up. I'm currently looking at renewing our internet broadband package. And since I last did it two years ago or 18 months ago, the, the things on offer now are crazily much like the one that was like the mid to high range one is now like the low end one. They're all like 300 megabits per second, 400 megabits a, a gigabyte per second. It's like, whoa. So how can we maybe practice slowing down? And one of the things this guy said is get in the long queue. The deli- get Deliberately get yourself in the longest queue you can find at the store or whatever. And don't look at your phone when you're in the queue. Ooh. And see that. what that does to you and mm. see what happens in your mind when you choose. Oh, I'm not going to choose to try and make everything speed up. I'm going to actually choose to make this slower. And what you'll probably realise is it was only a couple of minutes difference anyway. And you might have enjoyed the time a little bit more. Mm. Notice the people around you. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I think one of the things is about there are definitely times to be pragmatic, to choose a convenient thing. There are places in our life that we need to be comfort. And it's probably most healthy to have that place of comfort as the center and to move out of that. Yeah. But actually also, if you want to grow, that means intentionally choosing some areas of your life to maybe inconvenience or to bring a little bit of discomfort because that is the growth zone. That's the zone of proximal development. Yeah. So that's how we're marrying or marinating all these concepts together. 
What do you think? What are your questions? We would love to hear your pushback, your insights, your reflections, yeah. especially on this episode. What ideas do you guys have for maybe training yourselves, training ourselves in dealing with discomfort and inconvenience? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that. Um, pause out. Yeah. But, uh, see you next week. See you guys.